Welcome into another edition of Tampa 2. Casey Phillips here with staff writer Bree Dix. And most importantly, this is the playoff edition of yes. Tampa 2. The best kind Wild card weekend. of edition. Oh my gosh, this is just going to be so exciting. It's a home game. And right before we recorded this, we actually went out. There was the Raise the Flags rally that happened outside of the stadium. And Lovely, it was nice. Incredible. <laughs> you know what? And this is what I love. There was actually a woman who pulled up in her car and she said, rain or shine, baby, who cares? Like, and I loved that. Like Bucks fans are oh, wow. feeling it. They are ready yes. as the Eagles come into town and to host them. And it was so cool. Everyone is honking their horns and yeah. waving their flags and going nuts. Just so cool. Energy's high. The energy's high. The yeah. vibes are good, man. And <laughs> so I'm very excited about it. And I just want to start with this. Before we get into our normal, regularly scheduled programming yeah. of Tampa 2. <laughs> so I just want to throw out there, the Bucks say like, they lose Tom Brady. They have $80 million in dead cap space. Mm -hmm. Everyone and their mother out there was picking them to finish like second to last yes. in the whole yeah, league. Yeah. I just want to revel in that. I think that the yeah. football season can be long. We kept receipts. We forget. <laughs> exactly. We forget. And so instead of everyone picking us to finish 31st in the league, instead you have a winning record, mm -hmm. third division title in a row, first time in team history. And to make the playoffs four years in a row, that is hard to do. do. I don't care how you For do it. For any franchise, right. I don't care what happens. So I just feel like as Bucks fans, everyone can just take a moment and have some enjoyment of you know yeah. even if it wasn't the prettiest last game in Carolina or the way you got in you know mm -hmm. it doesn't matter especially compared to everything that was stacked against you that 80 million in dead cap money I just don't think we talk about that enough yes it is incredible I think Scott Smith phrased it this way on our show of like it's basically like fighting with one arm tied behind your back and yet wow. getting yeah. to the 12th round of a boxing mm -hmm. match and winning with one arm tied around right. your back and I just thought that was like so at the great. outset if we would have felt that they would have been able to re-sign Jamal Dean and Anthony mm -hmm. Nelson and Levante David. Like, no one would have believed it, we but somehow we managed. Even with all that dead cap money, yeah. to keep a lot of key managed people. So, anyways, just felt like going on that little bit of a soapbox yes. moment to start, yeah. set our tone. These, these are how we feel. These are our vibes yes. right now, and it's good. Yes. So, with that said, let's go ahead and look a little bit back at that Carolina game before diving right. into this Eagles matchup. What were some of your big takeaways? You know, it wasn't exactly the prettiest victory, but it was a win. And they ended up, you know, they made less mistakes, I think, is – Players and coaches kind of reiterated this week. Offensively, obviously wasn't the smoothest game, kind of really couldn't get into a groove or get that continuity going. They were able to kind of wear down Panthers' defense throughout the game, getting the yards on the ground. Um, but really the defense, and then shout-out to Chase McLaughlin. Three of three, um, solely had the Bucks nine points on the board. Um, but just what a game from Antoine Winfield Jr. He kind of became the catalyst, and I think – even though he maybe wouldn't say that that Pro Bowl snub gave him a little chip on his shoulder, as he is, like, racing across the width of that field as DJ Chark was going in for the touchdown, extends the arm, and Winfield just comes out of nowhere like a man possessed, knocks it out before he crosses the pylon, saves a touchdown, because then that would have, I think, changed the entire complexion of that game. The Panthers would have gone up 7-3. to three. Um but instead, you know, Jamel Dean recovered it for the touchback. And then you had Joe Tryon Sharinka, who had the strip sack. Greg Gaines recovered it. You had Antoine Winfield Jr. getting a sack. You had Yaya Diaby getting a sack in the first quarter, which just props to Todd Bowles, man. Just the pressure package of that. They lined up Vita Vea as a defensive end, crashed him inside. Yaya looped around, got Bryce Young down. Just things like that that I think was just exciting to see 
the momentum that that defense was playing with. And I think that's going to be really important heading into this game against the Eagles, who might not necessarily look as great on paper right now, but this is still a very, very talented team. I completely agree. Yeah, and I loved seeing just how much Baker gutted it out. Yes. That's the kind of thing that gets the rest of your team fired up. I mean, that third down run right. that he got while he's limping and he's got the, the ribs, ribs and everything. Yeah. I'm like, oh my, first of all, I, I at the moment he started running, I was like, no, 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 like, yeah. I, you know, I'm terrified. No. <laughs> and then he gets it, I'm like, Yes, yes, yes. But yeah. it's like, man, this is who he is. That he's yeah. this guy who he's gonna put it all out there. It doesn't matter. He's gonna do exactly what it takes. Yeah. And when you get to the playoffs, that's exactly who you want. That banged up or not, he is gonna try to get it done. Again, it may or may not be pretty, but he's gonna do whatever it takes mm -hmm. to get it done. Um, and again, I just I think that what is so tough is just the, the slow starts continuing right. on offense. It's so hard to do what you want to do offensively. When, when you're playing from, you're pl playing right. from behind. It's just really challenging. So they started, you know, one of five on third down, four straight punts to still come out with a win. A, props to the defense. Yes. But B, that's still yeah. amazing that, um, you know, it's just it, it's something we've seen. We saw that now they finished the regular season without an opening drive touchdown. touchdown. And that's a tough way to do it. So, again, to have a winning record, to be in the playoffs when that's the case, speaks so much to the grit, the determination. They don't give up you know, being able to make adjustments as well. Right. I think it speaks right. highly of Coach Canales to be able to, hey, you know what, whatever we were doing early wasn't working. We're going to adjust and we're going to get it figured out. Um, and I think same thing of trying to get Mike involved earlier that it, we saw the effort there that he got a couple catches in that first drive, then just nothing. It was right. 0 for 5 the next times you targeted him, didn't get another catch till the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. I just think that's going to be challenging if that's your – you know, your, your MVP basically of your offense in so right. many ways to try to need to be able to get him going a little bit more earlier. And then, of course, I want to shout out Chris Godwin. Went over 1,000 mm. yards receiving for the fourth time in his career, breaking a tie with Joey Galloway and Vincent Jackson, RIP, loved Vincent for sure, um, for the second most 1,000-yard receiving seasons in franchise history, trailing only, of course, Mike Evans. Mm -hmm. um, fourth time in five years, he and Evans have both hit 1,000 yards in the same season. That's <gasps> Not easy to do. Right. And I think that it speaks, again, a lot to Canales finding ways to use him in this offense where it's sometimes he was outside, sometimes he was in the slot, sometimes right. he was here and there. And and knowing that whatever it took, even when it felt like maybe Chris wasn't having quite as big a season, to find out now he still did hit a 1,000 yards shows how right. much he is just that consistent presence. Mm -hmm. May not always get the glory, glamorous type of right. – stuff but he's just there and he's gritty the and doing mover, yeah doing the dirty work yeah third downs key situations he's the guy he's the guy um and then yeah and defensively man first shutout since 2010 yeah shutouts in the nfl right are hard yes they well, are rare i mean held carolina to two of 12 on third down. that's two of 12 <laughs> and how demoralizing <laughs> for an offense like and how great for defense to be getting off the field so consistently. Yes. I think yeah. that's an incredible thing. Um, yeah, Antoine, how, I mean, we could talk about him forever, of course. Um, I also love that he got his sixth sack of the season. Mm -hmm. And that one, I just feel like in general we should talk about the fact that Antoine can single-handedly stop points. That Of course, yes. there was his forced yeah. fumble play. But that sack pushed them back nine yards, which is then when they missed that field goal. goal. You could say that Antoine is why they missed that field goal. Yes. Because it, it looked to he me. changed the course like, of the game. Yeah, if it was nine yards closer, that might go in. That he didn't miss it by much. Right. And so those two plays alone might have saved ten points, mm -hmm. which guess what? Bucks had nine. That's the game. Yeah, like, it's exactly. amazing what he's able to do. Um, 
And then Yaya Diaby, seven and a half sacks on the yeah. season, leading the team, second most of all rookies, and ties Adrian Claiborne for second most fire rookie in team history. And I, I just, I, I'm so happy for him. He's such a great yeah. guy. And um, I loved hearing that this week that Levante was making sure to tell all these rookies, like, don't you dare take this for granted yeah. that you're getting to go to the playoffs <laughs> as a rookie. This is what I dealt with. This yeah. is my road. Yeah, this is, I feel like Levante was the guy that was going, I walked uphill to school both ways in the snow. Like, you know, oh, yeah. and he's telling all these rookies, like, hey, don't take it for granted. Right. And you can tell. Yaya has not taken anything for granted. He's been ready when his number's been called. And it's so cool to watch him grow in this defense where he's always had the physical tools. And it feels like you can really see that the mental side and the yeah. understanding of the game yeah. is is picking up a lot. And I just think that's great. And then, yeah, Chase McLaughlin, 57-yard field goal that tied his season and career long. His third 57-yarder in three tries this season. All of them tied for the fifth longest in team history. That is a big deal, especially as we look forward to the Eagles game, knowing that they're a hard team to move the ball against in a lot of ways. They've got a mm-hmm. heck of a defensive front. Yeah. If you can just know that you can cross midfield, get anywhere close to field goal range, right. you feel so much better about being able to get some points. Of course, mm-hmm. they're always going to want to go for seven. Right. But at least if you feel like, you know what, with Chase McLaughlin, like we feel like we almost have guaranteed points if we get – anywhere close that that's got to be really encouraging that with your offense even if it's struggling a little bit stalling a bit to feel like you're not getting left with zero right as often um so let's dive into the injury report this is going to be a big yes. thing for uh both teams this week so definitely the main thing to watch is quarterback baker mayfield who of course is dealing with the ribs injury the ankle injury um and again we're filming this on friday which is a normal thursday schedule with it being monday night football and he, so we so have even less practice, injury yes, info than exactly. we normally do. But it was a practice estimation because the Buccaneers went through a walkthrough um, on Thursday. So he did not practice and didn't go through that. Um, so that will certainly be something to look out for this weekend as well. Tristan Wurst was dealing with an illness and he did not participate in the walkthrough as well. Yes. So those will definitely have everyone's eyes. You know, and, you, yeah, get for closer sure. to Monday night. We typically only kind of go over the Bucks injury report, but I do feel Jaylen like Hurts, this week, yes. yeah, we have to talk about the Eagles a little bit. So AJ Brown did not participate. Mm-hmm. Now again, it's going to be a lot like the Bucks in terms of on this what would be a normal right. Wednesday. Right. It's fair to say that they're going to rest the and be precautious. High stakes matchup. You yeah. have the extra day, so it. It may mean a little less in that sense, but still, A.J. Brown did not participate, and, of course, Jalen Hurts was limited with that finger. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I will say that Devontae Smith was full participant, and that one I feel like is interesting because we weren't really sure after their last game. So right. the fact that he already right. on Wednesday was full mm-hmm. means he's probably going to be just fine. So mm-hmm. it is mainly that A.J. Brown, Jalen Hurts one that's going to be really interesting to watch. Um, so based on looking at those kind of things, especially – with knowing Baker's situation and not knowing how he's going to be. Let's talk about some of these one-on-one matchups. Mm-hmm. How about for the Bucks offense? What are you looking for at? For the one-on-ones, I'm going with Mike Evans against Darius Slay and then Vita Bea against Jason Kelsey. I am, <laughs> yep. I am so ready for this. Yep. So for Mike Evans, so Philadelphia's past defense has really struggled um, this year. They ranked second to last in the NFL in passing yards surrendered to 52.7. And then the Eagles DBs have allowed a 101.4 rate allowed two wide receivers, which is 29th 
in the NFL. I think this wild card matchup could really create some opportunities for Mike Evans. And if he is isolated in man coverage, they're going to take that shot all day long. I mean, Mike Evans has just kind of become Baker Mayfield's go-to threat downfield this year. Um, has that kind of larger frame to box out DBs. He's a cheat code on the back shoulder um, throws. He just, I think he doesn't really get enough credit for his route running ability. He's so physical at the releases, um, the way he baits guys with his stem. I mean, just all throughout what a season he's had. And of course, just the, the accolades just speak for themselves. And then Darius Slay is obviously a guy for Philadelphia that's kind of been on the injury report and missed four games with the knee injury. But I think there's optimism in Philly that he will be able to make an appearance in this game. Um, and he's a guy that just kind of plays through, you know, the hands of the receivers, really physical, kind of is able to disrupt the tempo of guys' routes. So I think that's going to be a really critical matchup. And then, man, Jason Kelsey, Vita Vea, to be honest, like, it doesn't get any better than that. I mean, you have Vita Vea, just the Bucks' menacing nose tackle that just routinely commands double teams, so strong at the point of attack, just overwhelms centers and guards. And then Jason Kelsey, like, the Eagles' run game runs through him, whether it's the seal blocks, whether it's the pulls, just his athleticism, his ability to dislodge guys, get to the second level, um, so athletic, probably one of the most, if not the most athletic center in the NFL. Um, so that's going to be, I think, a big, a big emphasis and a critical matchup this week to see yep. kind of how those lines dictate the pace of the game. Yeah, I think for me, essentially – the one-on-one, -on -one, the position group, the keys to the game. Yeah, it's the, yeah, it's they're really all kind of hand in hand. All the same. Yes. Um, it's the run game in general. So, yeah. for of course my one-on-ones, I chose Rashad White versus Fletcher Cox, and I chose Vita Vea versus. And I said Jason Kelsey because, and then I said slash DeAndre Swift because a that. I had a feeling you were gonna pick Vita versus yeah. Jason Kelsey. <laughs> um, but also again, it's like versus. DeAndre Swift in there as yeah, well. Everyone. Yeah, so, all the above. Yeah, so all above. that's basically my one-on-ones. And then my position group, I was just like, both lines. All the, all the <laughs> interior people. Same. Especially because when you look at the last game, we had 41 rushing yards. They had 201. Yep. That is rough. Yeah. That yep. is going to make it dang near that's impossible telling. to win. It's right. after, you know, we talk about how an indicator for any game is the turnover margin, right? Who wins the turnover battle is mm -hmm. the single biggest stat typically that predicts wins. But I think rushing yards like that, it's it's twofold, right? That there's the chicken or egg situation of it of you're ahead so you're able to run more to run off the clock so you end right. up with more stats. But right. also, if you can impose your will on the run game first, right. that is going to make a huge difference because mm -hmm. it just makes everything easier. So also knowing that for your rush defense – Jalen Hurts' finger is hurt, probably not going right. to want to throw as mm -hmm. much as usual. So can you contain him in the run game? Can you contain DeAndre Swift? That All that's going to be so important. And then, look, we know they are real good in those short yardage situations. Mm -hmm. They bring in that tush push, tush, push brotherly yep. shove, whatever you want to call it. Both names are great. Um, <laughs> now, I will say part of the one-on-one when we pick Vita if I'm going to send anyone that I feel good against a tush push, it's going to be, it's going to be Mr. Vita. Bea, yeah. That feels <laughs> like a perfect person to have in there to try to stop that. <laughs> but, um, you know that if you let them get to third and one or two, fourth and one or two, right. they are going to convert that so often. Yeah. So the key is, can you on those early downs, especially those early runs, 
keep them from l even getting to those mm -hmm. short yardage situations, mm -hmm. trying to make sure that you're keeping them at third and four, five, six, things like that, so that that tush-push play isn't as available is going to be absolutely huge. So it's your run defense, especially in those early downs. Don't even let them get to that point. Right. And knowing that, you know, especially that Saints game, we sort of got out physicaled. And this is an Eagles team that's going to try to do that to you as right. well. So can you impose your will on both sides of the ball with the line? Because that's really going to disrupt, I think, mm -hmm. a lot of what they want to do. And the same thing, you don't want to make – the same way that they're not going to want to make Jalen Hurts do as much. They're not going to want to make – You're not going to want to make Bate right. do as much. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting, the parallels between these two teams right now. Very similar. It's going to be – they're going to both be trying to do the same, same thing, thing and stopping the same thing. Mm -hmm. So I think that's going to be really interesting. How about you? Your uh, your position groups are the same? Yes. Yeah, I went with – and I loved this quote from Todd Bowles, but he said, we have to play better. They beat us on both sides of the ball up front and then trenches, which was week three. They won the ball game. For us to win this ball game, we've got to win in the trenches. And I think that is just very – overarching mm -hmm. of all of it offense defensive line how they're able to control whether it's for the Bucks offensive line being able to get some push yep. in the run game keeping Baker Mayfield upright with the injuries that he's dealing with giving him time to go through his progressions his reads but then also defensively just being able to get pressure on Jalen Hurts but also just being disciplined in run fits whether mm -hmm. it's against DeAndre Swift whether it's against Jalen Hurts because he is a guy that he might be trying to do more. They haven't done as many, like, design runs with him this year because, obviously, their offense is predicated on the run, whether it's yep. the having Jalen Hurts in the shotgun, whether it's the RPOs, whether it's the spread. All of that works together. But when he's dealing with all these injuries, he might be more tempted to just take off running. And he's a guy that can is very elusive when he does break contain. So how are they able to handle him and corral him? Because if you over-pursue, if you don't take the right angle – He's going to exploit you all day long. For sure. Um, so that, and then obviously just with their defensive line, I mean, a guy like Hassan Reddick, 11 sacks this year, um, rare closing burst, just absolutely lethal out of his two-point stance with, like, his forward lean, um, just ability to wreak havoc. So how, how we're able to hold up against that. Yep. Um, all right, so let's talk about our quote of the week. Yes. I went with a kind of more of an X's and O's one this week mm -hmm. with – a quote from Todd Bowles on Jalen Hurts. And he said, he gets his runs in, but it's the passing runs that kill you when they rush four. He's so athletic, he gets out of the pocket anyway when you have four, and you try to rush him normally. When you send five and he makes somebody miss, he gets up through the hole. That's going to be a real concentration point because I don't see anybody that has really stopped it. We just have to try and limit it from being 30, 40, 50-yard gains and try to keep it to six, seven, or eight, hopefully. Yep. Yeah, I think that's great. I um, I think it's very true. We talk about that, especially, again, with his finger being hurt. I can see Jalen really trying to extend plays with his legs right. instead. Right. Well, um, and even with the Pans Panthers, like with Chuba Hubbard, they he finished with over 100 scrimmage yards, and I feel like they really tried to like attack the edges, running him away from Vita Vea, mm -hmm. so they were using a lot of like him through the C and D gaps to try and force – the Bucks like corner safeties to come up to fill those gaps. Um, and that could be something that, you know, Philly tries to do, whether it's with Jalen Hurts, whether it's with DeAndre Swift. Um, so how are the Bucks able to counter that? Because the run defense has been the Bucks calling card right. for so many years, and they've been really, really good at it this season. There's been kind of some some drops here and there where things have lagged or there's been some mistackles or whatever. 
but this is the week that the margin of error is very slim and you have to be able to stop it because if not, that's going to get demoralizing, but they're going to start carving it up with you know, those three-yard runs that later turn into seven, nine, ten. Yep, I completely agree. Um, yeah, so for my quote, um, I went with Baker talking about how different things feel compared to their last matchup okay. against the Eagles. He said, we were really trying to find ourselves at that point in the season, trying to figure out who we were going to be, especially offensively. I think we've kind of realized what we're good at and the bread and butter for us. Also, they've changed on defense. They've had some injuries, a different play caller now for them as well. Matt Patricia's calling it a little bit of different variabilities, but we've got to handle it. Got to prepare. Luckily, we've had four games where he's been calling the games. We've got to key into that and figure out what his go-to is. We're just different in the sense that we've been more foundationally better within the run game, knowing what we're good at scheme wise. We've just got to get the pass game back going again. So it is cool to hear that of how he really, feels and sees progress in the mm -hmm. offense since then um, but it is also important to remember that yeah as he put it it's a whole different person calling the defense for the Eagles than the last time we played them so it is not going to be a similar you know exact situation right. but as he said they've had four games to kind of study it look at it see what he's doing so um, I think it's going to be interesting to see how you know both of these teams are different in in some Good, some bad in terms of injuries or, right. you know, what they've had going on. We know the Eagles have had a rough end of the season. But either way, these two teams are not the same as that first mm -hmm. matchup. So as much as that one didn't go the Bucks' way, I personally feel a lot better about this one than that last matchup, knowing yeah. how much this offense has been able to grow mm -hmm. since week three. Um, all right, so we will close with our sort of human interest piece, um, the off-the-field story that I like to share with everybody. So I figured because of Washington being in the national championship game this week, mm -hmm. of course, we would talk about the fact that, of course, there's about a billion yes, Buccaneers <laughs> right. who went there. You have, you know, Kate Otten, Joe Tranchranka, Greg Gaines, Vita, the, all of them, yep. which I think is incredible that here we are basically uh, – us and the Dolphins are, like, the farthest away teams <laughs> from there. And we chose our scouts. Yeah, yeah, we're just like a clinic. Our for... scouts will go as far as it yeah. takes to find us some good players. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also I thought this was pretty cool. So Kay Dotton, uh, he is from the state of Washington. Mm -hmm. So his dad and grandfather coached his team in high school. And his grandfather retired as Washington's winningest high school coach. Yep. And I'm like, man, no wonder he's good. And, of course, now yeah. his younger brother is playing at Washington as well. So a whole little uh, pipeline going through there. <laughs> yeah. But I really love that idea of his family and the legacy that they have and that, you know, football has so Always much been, been in his blood. Right. Um, that that's been such a big part of the family there. So I just thought that was a really cool little fun fact about Cade and his family and all the football God, there. So, yeah. um, all right, that is going to do it for us on this edition of Tampa two. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope you enjoy that playoff game and stay tuned to all the coverage of it on Buccaneers.com.